listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. Here, these are conversations that will differentiate you from your competition. Now, if you don't want to be different than your competition, probably should just go ahead and shut this off. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Like when we audit the mod and get and do the mod master and and give them the actionable items that they can that they can do in order to lower their cost of risk. This is Power Producers Shop Talk. Production redefined. Reasonable and what wasn't. And and I think that you know, that's, that's spot on. And, you know, these people that we're talking with don't necessarily understand what their exposures are and what they can even do about them, um, you know, when they're uncovered. So I, I do like that what we're able to provide is something tangible, action items that they can do. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Power Producers Shop Talk, Episode 9 how to plan your day of marketing drops. How got to do the drop, I got the drop king with me. So the drop king. He's going he's gonna to take this thing and run it. I know how to drop kick, but I don't know about being the drop king. We want to <laughs> talk about it because this is something that I, this is a place where I think a lot of, you know, agencies, again, miss the mark, man. You know, computers have made people lazy instead of making yeah. them more efficient. Right. I mean, there's a big difference between being lazy and being more efficient by using a computer. True. You know, and and so now now you got everybody and their brother who wants to rely on automation and email and, you know, all of that. They don't even want to do the phone because that requires them to put themselves at risk of a workers comp claim for carpal tunnel because they have to physically dial. I mean, I, I don't get it, but I mean, the days I, Look, I've had people tell me that cold calling is so 15 years ago. Cold calling doesn't work. <laughs> you know, okay. That's fine. It definitely well, works. It's a crucial part of any, you know, sales organization. It's not going away. It never will. You still have to drive business by doing the cold calling. Of course, everyone would like to be handed warm referrals, and those are a great source of uh, new business because they're easier to close for obvious reasons, but the cold calling is never going to go away and it's still effective. You just have to know how to do it correctly. And you have to most importantly plan your, your, your day effectively when you're doing it. Hey, here's a fun fact. Don't ever give me the quote people buy from people they like, and then tell me that cold calling doesn't work. Mm -hmm. How do they know if they like you, if you don't drop in and talk to them? Right. I'll tell you who I don't like people who call me all the time and send me stupid emails. Yeah, for sure. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I won't even go down that road, but especially um, the, the LinkedIn, the LinkedIn people, right? Where ugh, the it's worst. Sa- it's Saeed. So you went there. From, so you, you decided to go there. So go ahead. <laughs> that's yeah, where I, that's yeah. where I was going. Yeah, where I'll get a friend request from Saidi, the CEO of a lead generation company, and literally within seconds of accepting the re- the request because. I'm an open connector. I'll connect with anybody until you abuse the connection. Right. Seconds later, hello, David R. <laughs> I've been helping businesses just like yours with lead generation, blah, blah, blah. A, 
I know it's automated because nobody calls me David R. Yet that's what shows up. I'm going to call you David R. Moving on my LinkedIn profile, and my standard response back to them is, "I don't want you trying to generate anything for me based on this garbage you just sent." Right. You didn't even read my profile. You didn't personalize anything you were sending to me. You want me to trust you with lead generation when you can't even (laughs) do it for yourself? And I have nightmares. I have nightmares of the whole hello first name. You know, I mean, that that's what would go out because they miss something in the CRM. They don't get the token put in right to the email template going out or whatever else. And I'm not saying automation doesn't have its place. Lord knows we have plenty of automation that we use. But at the end of the day, if somebody had my kids' lives at stake, and it was required. The only way I could save them was to go out and organically produce a new piece of business within 30 to 45 days. I'm cold calling. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's Always. been, you know, some of my bigger accounts or, or better wins have come from me just walking up in that piece and, and talking with them, you know? Yeah. So what do you think makes you effective at doing that? How do you, how do you plan that day to get the most out of it? Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked a number of times about how important preparation is and what we do to prepare from the knowledge um, gaining aspect, but in terms of actual execution and how I'm setting up my day, um, it all is going to hinge around the location. I'm not going to be driving from Wesley Chapel to Newport Ritchie to St. Pete and, you know, touching all five points of the bay. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that my drops are all within a pretty centralized area. So I use an app for that. It's called uh, road warrior. Um, it's, it's pretty effective. It, it was, um, I used it at my last position and it, it's kind of, they've, they've ramped up their user friendliness. Um, and, and just like the overall look of their app, it's a free app. You can put up to, I think it's eight stops on there now. So I'll get all the addresses of the businesses that I have confirmed are going to be a good fit based on my research. And I plug in the addresses. I put in my start location, which is usually my living room. And then, you know, which, uh, you know, where I want to end. Um, and, and, and it generates the route. It, it, you know, tells me the total amount of travel time and in between spots and everything. And it just sets it up in a manner that's going to be the most efficient use of my time. Cause again, I don't want to be sitting here driving around all day, you know, um, wasting time. Well, and I think too, you know, the other thing people need to consider, this is why when I talk about identifying your ideal prospect and creating your ideal prospect profile, that I, I'm pretty clear that you need to have like anywhere between three and five ideal prospects, right? Because if you're just going to go after landscaping companies, the chances of you of them being, being in the same to, area. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no like commune of landscape companies where it's like this co-op of sharing space or whatever right. else. So, you know, no. I like to try and keep it, you know, logical, but if you have a landscape company as one of the you know target classes of businesses that you go after, or, you know, plumbing, HVAC, HVAC electricians, Mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe it's, you know, light manufacturing or whatever else you start stringing together three to five ideal 
prospects you're going after, it's a whole lot easier to fill up a day, right? You know, going out that way. And guess what? You also have nearby businesses. Oh, got got to love those nearby businesses. Your favorite man, yeah, nearby the old, the old reference USA trick. Um, no, I mean, it's, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, you can kind of cluster those together and it's, it's just a more efficient use of your time. You know, one thing we forgot to talk about in the whole reference USA conversation is I'm pretty sure that in reference USA, there's also a button that you can click for competitors, right? Let's find out. There is. I did see that. I did see that earlier. It's um, so that's another another good way as you're building out your list. It's actually right below the nearby businesses. Yep. So God, that's your favorite area. I bet that area is just wore out on reference reference USA from you (laughs) camping out there. Oh man, and and it brings up a pretty fair amount. I mean, it it brings up. I don't know. So I'm on our page, FRP in in uh, Reference USA, and it's got all the. It should be blank. There are no competitors. No, not the competitors part, but the nearby businesses. It's got like all the people yeah. in our complex and everything. But yeah, anyhow, um, that's the deal. Yeah. So I mean, you use Road Warrior app. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I do to prepare, and it, you know, truthfully. It's been a long time since I've gone out and done marketing drops. I'm actually getting ready to start doing that again because I've talked myself into a fairly large volume commitment with Chubb, mm-hmm. and that's going to require some heavy lifting, which is fine. I, I need to get out and practice what I preach every now and again anyhow, and typically my mouth writes checks that I have to go out and cash at that point, and so we'll be using the same things that we talk about. You know, I will be personally, but you know, I think that it's important when you're planning your drops to personalize the marketing materials, right? So yeah. you just said, you know, look, we've talked about what I've laid out for you guys as producers at Florida Risk as far as what a day should, what your week should look like. Mm-hmm. Monday, you know, when things are normal, Monday sales staff and staff meeting, Friday is your planning day to prepare for the next week the meat of your week is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday Mm -hmm. of doing drops. And I say anywhere between eight and 10 drops a day, eight, if you're using road warrior, because unless you use, you know, a business instead of your living, living room is your first stop, then it makes it more difficult. Yeah, for sure. And then you can also just hit some of the places that are nearby. Granted, you won't have done a ton of research on them most likely because I mean, there's, so there's, you never know, man. No, you never know what you're going to walk into. Exactly. That's, it's happened a number of times where I've, you know, I I pull up on a business that I've researched and I'm looking around, you know, at, at their neighbors and I'm like, damn, these are all, you know, could be pretty solid, uh, appointments for us. So I'm just going to walk up in there and, you know, a, again, at that point I'm flying a little bit blind, which is okay. I mean, again, I'm not going in looking to, to meet with somebody right then and there. I just kind of want to get some of the information. So what I can do is, is, is take that information, go back, do a little bit more thorough research and then figure out, you know, how I want to reach out to them next. Yeah, no, I'm with you a hundred percent, but for, for, so, you know, we talk about it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, kind of eight to 10, is emails and and phone calls and follow up or whatever you need to do. And then from 10 to 12, do marketing drops, lunch Mm. from 12 to one, 
one to three, do marketing drops. And then three to five, you're headed back to wrap up for your day, get your stuff put into HubSpot and and all of that. And so, you know, I like from a preparation standpoint, you know, when I was really getting after it in the drop game, I prepared a unique packet for every single company that I was going to drop on. I, I, again, I know I talk about it all the time. Sorry, people. I put my process in a book and it's an easy place for me to reference now. But in the extra two minutes, I talk about that. And that's a big deal. I mean, that's really the whole point of the book is taking the extra couple of minutes to do something to a completely different level than what other people do. I'll tell you right now, man, it's crazy. But for people, the, the people who have read the book, it's it's kind of humbling to see that it changes the way people are thinking in how they're approaching things because people will now reach out to me and tell me something they're doing differently in their agency or in their sales career as as a result of reading it. Um, My buddy, Mike Crowley, who owns an agency up in New York posted on Facebook, um, you know, last week or the week before normally they would send out a handwritten thank you note to somebody who gave them a referral for a new piece of business. Mm-hmm. But this time he he said, I took it another step and we went in and they copied the review that the new customer left them on Google and put that review on the top flap of the thank you note with the handwritten note showing that this person that they referred gave his agency a five-star review and mm-hmm. thanking them for that. You know, simple stuff like that. But I mean, for me, if you go in and you hand somebody marketing slicks, they are hitting file 13 faster than you can imagine. Like, yeah. Or, they're going to be in the yeah, trash in right. no time. But if you go in and you and you have a decent folder and you have, um, you know, that folder is populated with useful information, but more importantly, uses that prospect's company name. Mm-hmm. And if you know the decision maker up front, their name personally in the correspondence, which by the way, how hard is it to do find and logo too? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like if you all of this their, stuff, right. but what you're doing is number one, you're demonstrating that you're willing to take the time to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And number two, they're reading this stuff and you're already putting it into their head that they're working with you and your firm because you're using their name in your stuff simultaneously. And I, it just blows if my mind. How have many, not figured out that David is all about the subconscious. Yes, get I on, am. Get on, on the, on board here. But yeah, yeah so, I no, I, I've done that too. I mean, I, I, I think you're obviously a little bit more creative at it, but some of the things that I've, and I want to hear about ones that you've done, but one of the things that I've done is, um, put together like a, a fleet safety program, uh, through Zywave and, and use their, you know, the company name and or logo in it, you know, walked in, talked to whoever showed, you know, Hey, this is a little bit of an example of what we do for businesses to help them lower their total cost of risk, you, you know, and, and take the conversation, whichever way it goes. But that's, that's an example of how I've personalized things. Like I know you've done the coffee thing. Like that was one of the one time I went out with you on the drops, that was 
you know that was that yeah was unfortunately awesome. the lady thought we were pimping coffee and and not no, we already have we a coffee service sir thank you that's great yeah um you know it's interesting yeah i've got i've got a new one that i think i'm gonna start doing it you know this will work here because so many people in tampa smoke cigars mm. but I, I think one of the things i'm gonna do is and I, I talked about this on another podcast i think it may have been the one we did fully on prospecting. But if I see that somebody's smoking a cigar on social media, I'll zoom in and see what kind of cigar that is and what the, what the, you know, what, what wrapper it is and all of that. And so what I'm thinking about doing now is when I do my marketing drop going with either, you know, a three finger or just a solo cigar and say, look, I, you know, I noticed that you're a cigar aficionado and this seems to be the brand that you like. How about you take some time, light this one up on me, and while you're doing it, I, let, I brought you some information that you can review about you know what's going on with our company and how we might be able to help you. They get a free cigar out of the deal. Maybe they maybe they you know they're definitely going to smoke the cigar, but maybe maybe they um, read the stuff. Maybe they don't. One of the best that part, tricks that, that, whether they read it or not, that's not. I mean, that, that's not even ultimately the goal. Of course, you want them to read it, but you're at least you know planning yourself firmly in their mind for, for moving forward for, you know, when you follow up and do whatever. I'm willing to say that the overwhelming majority of the people out there, even though we face rejection as salespeople every day, <clears throat> I, I, I think that the overwhelming majority of the people out there recognize the difference between somebody who's a hack and somebody who's a professional and a good salesperson and I think that the overwhelming majority of the people like to be sold by a good salesperson, somebody mm-hmm. that's smooth, that thinks out, you know, thinks differently than other people. They are they're a- easy to talk to, able to have a conversation because they've done the research. They ask open ended, thought provoking questions. People people appreciate that because it's both an art and a skill to be able to do that. But one of the best tricks that I've ever used was really early on in, and I, again, I talk about this in, in extra two minutes, but it is, it's when I um, first bought the folders that we still use today. I mean, I bought them because the bulk pricing to get the number that I bought was so good that I stretched and, and bought like a couple thousand instead of a couple hundred because it just didn't make sense not to. It's not like I wasn't going to use them, but mm-hmm. the angle that I took, and this is before you were on board, man. But um, the the angle that I took was I would leave the folder, and then I would tell them, "Hey, just so you know, I'm well aware of the fact that you're probably going to throw this stuff away, and these folders are not cheap. So one of the things that we've done." is we want to be efficient in how we operate and not just have disposable things. Everybody that's willing to keep the folder and allow us to come back by and pick it up in a week or two, we enter their name into a drawing for one of five Starbucks gift cards for coffee. Okay. So guess what? A, I'm guaranteeing that I get to go back and see them and B, Everybody wins the freaking gift card, man. Right. I'm just going to yeah. take them. You know, I'll take them the gift card so that they can, you know, get the coffee or whatever. And guess what else I'll do? 
I'll call them on my way there to give them the gift card if I'm at Starbucks and see if they want anything while I'm on my way. You take somebody a, a, a specially crafted coffee beverage, they're going to be willing to sit down and talk to you while they drink said beverage. You know, they're not just going to have you come in and, oh, where's Drop my coffee? coffee Great. and then bounce. <laughs> yeah. Great. See ya. <laughs> Thanks, nerd. You know, but, but I mean, I think that those are the types of things. Number one, okay, you're telling them that you're cost conscious. So if you're willing to go back and see them to get a folder that costs a dollar for all practical purposes, they're going to be like, wow, this this guy's pretty serious about controlling cost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two, nobody else does that. You're also, but but you're guaranteeing your ability to get in front of them again. Then you're going to be able to reward them with a gift card. They don't need to know everybody wins. Right. They, but everybody wins, right? $5 gift card, that'll get them at least a cup of coffee. Maybe a cup of coffee with the sugar-free cinnamon dolce shot. I don't know. I don't. I don't have the mem- the the menu memorized, but y- it'll get them that. And then now you've already had two to three touches with this person, right out of the box, right? Mm-hmm. Then you can ask them, "Hey, how was the cigar? How you know? What did you think of the salary benchmarking report that I left for you? What did you think about the OSHA violation list that I left with you?" How, you know, how, how, you know, all of these things. And, you know, again, it's not complicated, man. It was just an idea and it worked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it's something that anybody can do, like much of the things that we talk about. Yeah. You know, one of the other ones that I had thought about was when, you know, looking at, at putting together a vertical market for auto services shops, right? That was one where I felt like, you know, what's one thing if, you're a restaurant or an auto shop or any of those things. What, you know, the one thing that people always run into issues with is that they, um, they run out of pens, man. People steal their pens, right? right? So my thoughts were, let's just get some basic Florida risk partners, pens printed up that has the website, not even the phone number, but the website, or, uh, you know, what I should have done was a landing page so that I could actually track how many people were going to the specific landing page based on the fact they got a pen somewhere. But, you know, and then make that a route where mm-hmm. once a month you're going over and you're saying, hey, I just want to let you know I'm here with some more pens for you to make sure your counter stays full so that people aren't swiping them all the time, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, you're also getting your brand out there and awareness in the community. All even those people if it's who are stealing the pens. Yeah, from a stupid blue and gold pen. Those are all p- people that are prospects for a personal line. So, sure. you know, and you can buy those pens dirt cheap if you buy them in bulk. But that was another thing. You know, you, just, you have a route. You're giving them something of value. And by the way, when you go to f- fill the pens, give them something else that they can use. Give them the salary benchmarking report. Give them the top 10 OSHA violations for their industry. Give them something on um, employment practices liability or you know, it, it could be any number of things, but make sure A, that it's a value, B, that it's customized or customizable to the people that you're dropping to and C, that you have a built-in mechanism for following up based on going in. Like my rule number one for me, when I go have a first appointment, if we don't close the deal on the first appointment, 
I will always book the next appointment in that appointment. Like I don't, I, I want actionable follow-up and somebody committing to a day in time that we can meet again because I want them, I want them to commit to it while I'm sitting there. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's much harder to tell you no in person than you trying to follow up a week or two later and set another date. That's, it's simple. Yeah, I'll tell you the other thing I've done before too. I mean, and these are all things that go into planning, but you know, I drive a BMW 750. Probably not the best thing to pull up doing marketing drops if, you know, people are paying attention. I've actually rented a car to go <laughs> do marketing drops so that I wasn't taking driving the, my taking car the bus. In, yeah, into people's parking lots. Right. You know, I don't people people don't um, you know, they don't always view the ultimate driving machine as favorably as I do. Sure. Now that's a good point. Any other tricks you got that you want to mention or anything in terms of planning? Um, I mean, look, you know, from the planning perspective, again, you've got to do the research on the front end so that you know who you're going in and trying to get in touch with. You need to know a little bit about their business. I think you've talked a bunch about even just, almost stalkerish things where you can, you know, look at the cigar they're smoking on Instagram and, you know, uh, thing, things like that. That I mean, that's obviously very in-depth and, um, almost, you know, almost an extreme measure, but hey, it's something that sets you apart from, from everybody else. So, Well, I think the thing with that, though, that's important is we can talk about doing all the stalkerish things, you know, from a research perspective, mm-hmm. but you don't, you don't want to walk in and say, Hey, I was on your Instagram. And noticed, <laughs> yeah. blah, 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 blah. It, you know, number one, that makes you look like a stalker. Number two, it sort of takes some of the, I don't know, the mystique or whatever you want to use the word. But if I go onto social media and see that that's the kind of cigar they like to smoke and I walk in and that happens to be the cigar I give them, I want them to wonder if it was an accident or if it wasn't. Sure. Yeah. You don't, you don't just, you know, show your hand there. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know that I have really necessarily anything else to add. I mean, from, uh, from a drop standpoint, you want to make them as efficient as possible and, and get them scheduled so that you're not just, you know, all over the place because then at the end of the day, you got, you got to come back and you got to get all that in, information entered. So you know, it's about being smart with your time. I think that's that's definitely important. And it's about doing the necessary research on the front end to make those drops as successful as possible, personalizing them like we talked about for that business, even if it's something just as simple as getting their name on something that's co-branded with ours so that, again, subliminally, like you said, they already see themselves as doing business with us. Well, and the other thing I would say is, and I'll wrap up with this, I think in order to prepare appropriately to to do marketing drops, you need to set your own expectations accordingly. Like you need to know what you plan on getting out of that before you start it, right? So I don't plan on walking in the front door and the next thing I know, here comes the CEO, CFO, and chairman of the board with open arms, you know, welcoming me in because they're ready to buy from me. That's right. not what the expectation is. No. I know when I go on a marketing drop that I want to confirm the decision maker, the contact information for the decision maker, and anything above that is gravy to me. So another thing too that I just thought of is you kind of want to 
you want to dress appropriately for, for what you're doing. Like if I'm going to a bunch of blue collar manufacturing places, I'm not going in with a shirt and tie on because I mean, they're going to see me from a mile away and, and not, you know, want to talk to me. I'm going to go in there with the, you know, with an FRP Listen, polo on. And if I go in in a shirt and tie, they're going to think that, especially a suit, they're going to yeah. think Bruce Pearl, Bruce Pearl just walked in <laughs> to, to their lobby because I can tell you right now that if I was doing market, marketing drops in a full suit, right. the salt stains alone on my suit would totally. keep me from getting any business Well, dude, whatsoever. that's like – so what made me think of that is is the uh, – when I was doing the office supplies, I mean, that was our attire. We were wearing we were wearing suits you know, in the office and you know, shirt and tie and everything. And then when I would get out in the field, jacket came off 100% of the time. And a lot of times, I would rip the tie off, roll up the sleeves – Especially, you know, I had a lot of success with your blue collar stuff. You've got to, you've got to kind of mirror who you're going in. Um, And that's not to say, you know, prejudging businesses, because that's, that's not what I'm talking about here, but you want to be able to, you know, make them feel comfortable with you, even if it's sort of a subconscious thing, like what you're wearing. Look, I've had an, I had an account one time where I drove my car to the appointment and I was in a suit and tie and the CFO said, don't ever come in a suit and tie or that sure. car again. Yeah. Right. You know, the CEO is a is salt of the earth dude and certainly has enough money to buy and, and wear whatever he wants. But at the end of the day, he will not look favorably on that. And right. It's like, all right, cool. I've got a buddy who's got a 1981 Impala station wagon. I will drive that next time. And it has no air. I mean, it's I don't know. It, it, it's just crazy, but basic stuff like that sometimes people don't. Yep. Don't think through. Well, I I'd say we've given them enough to think about. I can't think of anything else that's jumping out at me, man. I mean, it's no. Again, I mean, I want to get into. I, I want to get into follow up after the drops, but I really feel like that's its own episode. I don't want to get into that here because we could go for another thirty minutes just talking about, you know, how to follow up. Totally, that's uh, a separate separate deal. All right, we are. Audi. You've been listening to Power Producers Shop Talk. You can follow us at the Power Producers Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to take your game to the next level, check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit Amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book, The Extra Two Minutes.